0: Anyone can talk football. Not everyone can do it East Coast style. The East Coast Gridiron Podcast, starting now. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome hey. back it to is episode great to be two back. of the... Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm trying to get over this, uh, this little infection that I had, but welcome back to the East Coast Gridiron Podcast. Uh, episode number two. Shout out to Rosanna. How's it going? Um, so we're here on Facebook Live once again. Yes, we are. Um, to get this all kicked off, man. We're in wild card, not wild card weekend, divisional Division weekend. Around. Yep. Um, and as you see, the man to my left, the stats guru, back once again.
1: Back again. Glad to be back in studio.
0: Hey, man, I, I've been super excited about about this episode because of the uh, the little segment that we're going to have at the end of the show. Yes. Um and uh we we're going to go over some stats and and things yep. because you are the stats guru. <laughs> we got three interesting stats for you guys um as far as the the season and the uh, how the wild card weekend and and everything went as well. So if you guys yep. have been looking out on Facebook and looking at all the interesting things that that happened and uh can't wait for Don to get into his rant about the Eagles later on which is going to be one Absolutely. of our segments. So um it's everybody's favorite couch quarterback Dante here. like i already introduced him my man to the left uh the stats guru
1: yep dante makes it happen and uh i'm here to give you some uh support number wise
0: yep oh look at it it's frozen (laughs) gonna go ahead and restart his uh camera right there 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 we go (laughs) so uh Back in studio once again. I don't know what's going on with these cameras today, but that's fine. we have that's a little right. bit of technical we'll difficulties make it work. As We got some little delays going here and here. They here don't have to,
1: they don't have to see us. They just hear the voices. They'll be good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all good. So,
0: uh check us out as as far as the voices and like you said, check us out on um on iTunes, yep. Spotify, Breaker, Radio Public, all that good stuff. Any of your favorite streaming platforms we are um, or listening platforms, streaming platforms too. Later yep. on, we'll um, start going back to YouTube and things like that. But uh, listen to us on all, on all the on all those good platforms. So, um, so let's go ahead and get over to these topics, man. First topic that we had. First of all, I know me and Nelson talked about the national championship before it happened. I think right. collectively all three of us had chose Alabama to yep. go in there and win that thing, and they did. Yes, they did. Um, I that, that game could have been an absolute route if it could, if they yeah. really wanted it yeah. to. No, they
1: they I mean they put a beating on Ohio State, but
0: it it could have been a lot worse, I agree. Uh thanks Rob for the for the shout out there. You can still hear us fine. Appreciate you, bro. That's good. Um, Randy's on there too. Oh, Randy. Yeah. Hey Randy. Hey, we'll get into a little <laughs> bit of Trevor Lawrence stuff later. <laughs> um, but yeah, the national championship, man, was just an absolute route. Um and it could have been worse. Um, I think Nick Saban, like I was telling people, this team this year was like absolutely. Uh, people were saying the LSU team was was pretty good last year. This team was just an absolute. I don't know, man. They play like a family. Like yeah, I was telling absolutely. Nelson uh, last week, they absolutely playing like a family, and um, I never seen Nick Saban lose his mind less times <laughs> in his, ever in his career than he did this year. So. Yeah. Um, what is your thoughts around the national championship?
1: Oh, hey, um, thirteen and zero for Alabama. Uh, they did play more games than Ohio State, so that kind of begs the question to come up: if Ohio State would have played more games, could it have been more competitive game? Right. I don't think so. I I, I really don't. When you when you got somebody like Mac Jones who completed seventy seven point four percent of his passes in his career. That's the highest in FBS history. Then he had 464-yard game in the championship game. That's the most in the college football playoffs or BCS championship. Five touchdowns in a game. That tied the record for most Mm -hmm. in in SEC history. Um, Najee Harris, 57 career touchdowns. He tied for the most in SEC history. 30 touchdowns alone this year. That's the most in SEC history. I mean, just those two alone would kind of let you know, hey, we got something special here. Yeah, absolutely. But then they throw in a wide receiver.
0: <laughs> Heisman winning wide receiver. Probably the best wide receiver we ever played in college in sh- such a short span of a season. Oh, yeah. In um, 10 games for Devontae Smith to did what he did is nothing to scoff at. And, I mean, we had Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson last year to look at.
1: I mean, this year alone, the kid had 23 touchdowns. That's the most in SEC history. Uh, in that championship game alone, 12 receptions, three touchdowns. I mean, <laughs> that, that kid's something special. I'm telling you.
0: Yeah. Um. I I mean, would Justin Fields be doing the same thing if he had those weapons? Now, I know Don gave out the stats, but you got to go down the line, man. Mac Jones, best quarterback in the country. We're talking about the awards that came. Award. Out. yeah. Najee Harris, best running back in the country. Yep. And I mean Heisman winner and best wide receiver um went to Devontae Smith. Now, I know it was a route, and I I, I can't I can't just move past the fact that Justin Fields did play pretty well mm-hmm. um for the situation that he was given. I mean, that Ohio State team has some hurt players. Um, he didn't, I mean, you can't just compare the two. I mean, Alabama, I'll always say they reload players like a machine gun, right? I mean, he's got a pretty good wide receiver out there, but I mean, for him to be hurt, it was obvious that he was hurt Mm -hmm. that whole game. Yep. Um, and, and with that being said, man, I, I honestly think if you flip roles, I think Mac Jones is a pretty decent quarterback. I mean, by his efficiency, yep. he he's arguably one of the best quarterbacks of all time in college. <laughs> I mean, literally in in one season, we, you have to think about this. You, yep. you can't you can't take that away from it. As far as when it comes to the stats, right? But could Justin Fields do the same thing? Well, I mean, consider
1: Justin Fields' career stats in college. I mean, he had a sixty eight point four percent completion ratio. His touchdown to interception uh per- or rates are 67 touchdowns to nine picks. Mm-hmm. Nine. Single digits here, okay? Uh, threw for over 5,000 yards, rushed for over 1,100 yards, had a 4.4-yard 4. 4 rushing average, and 19 rushing touchdowns. I mean.
0: And I believe Trevor Lawrence had like 17 picks his career.
1: Yeah, yeah. Justin Fields, if he had a, a different setting, you, you swapped roles there. Yeah, I think I think you'd be talking about how special he is.
0: Um, Mac Jones has seven interceptions his whole career. Yeah. I mean, keep that in mind, people. Like the only reason and I know Don agrees with me when it when it comes to this, now, quote me if I'm wrong, if you if you now disagree <laughs> with me after after things have panned out, <clears throat> but think about the fact that Justin Fields could have won the Heisman last year if he would have played in all those games. If he would have played those there was games, like four yes. or five games that he was taken out of because they mm-hmm. were absolutely killing people. The yep. Maryland game, for example, mm-hmm. they went up like 70 on Maryland last year. <laughs> um, That's always been my argument. I mean, I think he's going to be one of the first Ohio State quarterbacks that we've seen in a very long time that comes out and actually has success. I can't really name off the top of my head an Ohio State quarterback that's had success. Uh, and I know we were talking before and neither the show can Randy. Well, <laughs> I know this hurts me to say, but Randy, out of all the quarterbacks, I'm going to have to go with Kyle Trask being the most talented. Uh-oh. Now, that's just me <laughs> and what I see with my own eyeballs. Um, Now, was this the greatest performance that we've seen by Devontae Smith in one half? Or by, by any player in one half question. in the national championship? I mean, two hundred plus yards, what do you have? Two or three touchdowns? Like eleven yeah. eleven or twelve catches? Twelve receptions, three touchdowns.
1: That that's a game.
0: Absolutely a ya.
1: game. Wow. But he does have a knock as far as people projecting him to the NFL. They they a lot of people were picking on that six one, one seventy five frame. Is he gonna hold up in the NFL? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he's gonna put on some muscle and put on a little bit of weight, but you know, is is he going to take the physicality of the NFL?
0: That's a good question, man. I mean, you got Deshaun Jackson and let's, let's not forget about Randy Moss. Yeah. And what he was able to do in the league. That right there kind of gives me confidence. And like I was telling Don, it's just like fighting. If you don't get hit, you don't get hurt. (laughs) This is true. You know? And, um, (laughs) Not not to go back on on uh, the game itself, but what was Ohio State thinking that tough Tef- Tough Borland over the middle was going to cover Devontae <laughs> Smith in in any type of foot race? Yeah. Um, the greatness of Nick Saban. There was a comment, and then we can move on. But there was a comment on ESPN. Somebody commented and said that I'm tired of seeing the same teams playing the championship games. <laughs> You gotta stop Nick Saban. <laughs> I mean, eight conference teams play him a year. Yep. He is twenty-one and zero against his former assistants. Yep. There's no excuses. If anybody knows him well, it's the assistants. That's right. This just tells you how great that Nick Saban is, man. 20, 21 and zero. <laughs> um. So after the performance, does Ohio State look different? If they played more games, they played more than seven games. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think they would look different, but I, I still say if they, they would have made the final four, if they got to the championship game, I don't think it would have changed the outcome though. Might not have been a big, as big of a blowout, depending on how Justin Fields physical condition was,
0: but they, they were not going to beat Alabama. So we just have to assume with more games comes more injuries too. True. So, I mean, you always got to include that as a as a realistic factor into anything that you're doing when you're actually discussing more games. Um, I don't think so. I think they were already prepared to play for the yeah. season, and regardless of when they came in there. Do I think that the Northwestern game where he threw three picks, would that have looked different with more games? Possibly. Possibly, yeah. Because you're playing more teams in your conference, too, and you're kind of getting – I don't think Northwestern gets there after, you know, playing more games. But uh I mean, you got teams like Penn State who really didn't do that well either. <laughs> let's let's no, be totally no, no. realistic about it. Um where does Justin Fields get drafted now?
1: Uh I still say he's probably going to be one of the top 3 quarterbacks taken in the draft. I mean, you got some interesting names in the top top 6. I mean, of course, as Randy mentioned, uh Trevor Lawrence, I mean, the kid if, if he gets put on a team that – a pro team that supports him like he had the support in college, he's going to have a successful career. You think so? I, I think so. I don't think he's going to be outstanding. I think he'll be successful. Now, NFL teams are not all like the Patriots were under Belichick and Brady where you have the same team being so superior for so long. So the up and downs of the NFL – Will Trevor Lawrence actually succeed going up and down, up and down, up and down?
0: Don't know. So this might be an interesting question or, um, well, Heather says he's going to the Steelers. Randy said the jets. (laughs) I I don't think he's going to the jets because I think Robert Sala is going to come in there and keep Sam Darnold, which that's that's another topic. (laughs) We got a really good topic coming up about that later, but, um, does is it is it a chance that with Urban Meyer being with the Jaguars that he contacts Ryan Day and says, "Hey, this is my this is my take on what Justin Fields can probably provide your offense more right. than what Justin Fields can." Does he trust the old trusty dusty yeah. Ryan Day or does he go with Trevor Lawrence?
1: I mean, there's there's a there's a handful of quarterbacks. that so it's going to be interesting to see where they go. Uh, I mean, with Zach Wilson and Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, who you talked about earlier, and then you see the name Trey Lance
0: bouncing around as well. Yeah. So it's- Trey Lance played one game. That's not enough to convince <laughs> me. And in the and in Division two, or um, well Division one, double A, but um. Randy said no. <laughs> I know, man. I'm sorry. I just I honestly think Justin Fields, man, it, just the way that – I don't think the national championship performance that he had has no bearing on how good this guy is going to be. I, I, if anything, I think it shows you that he's tough enough to be like a Matt Stafford.
1: Well, let me ask this. Justin Fields in the same mold – as Jalen Hurts, as Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, is he going to be? I mean, a running and passing quarterback, Lamar Jackson. It, can he be as successful as they were? Or or have have people figured that out and that he's not going to be as successful?
0: That's I don't know, man. <laughs> That's a tough one. I know it is because I think Justin Fields is just a different breed. Okay. I don't I don't necessarily think he. He wants to use his legs like Lamar Jackson does, except for to get himself out of trouble and see right. if there's a, a opening to run. And now he's going to even be more hesitant getting hurt. True. That I mean that hit was scary, man. I mean let's let's completely think about this right now. Like, is he a little bit more hesitant with defeaties <laughs> now? <laughs> so, um. So, yeah, I mean, there's nothing else that really came out of college football other than the national championship. And, I mean, we could talk on and on and on about where Trevor Lawrence is going to get drafted, and we'll talk about that more. I I think our opinions are going to matter a little more depending on what quarterbacks are going to go to the pro day, what quarterbacks are going to go to the combine. How does the combine look this year? Is it going to look completely different with the COVID protocols? That's something that we didn't see really last year. That's right. Uh, but now it's like in in full effect. Fan base would bolt. Fields <laughs> is good. Fan base would be happier for three losing seasons with Lawrence <laughs> than going for a quick winning season with Fields. Uh, that's, an uh, that's, that, that's an interesting I thought. Like that's an interesting thought there, Andy. Now, I mean, pose the question to the to the chat: What if Urban Meyer takes Kyle Trask? <laughs> <laughs> How would you feel about that, Randy? Now take—we <laughs> need to take our Florida bias, Florida State bias out. Oh, of
1: it. I don't know about that one. I don't think he's going to do that. No, nah, he's not going to pull the trigger. on No, that. no, no. Of course, not not going to happen.
0: So, let us know what your guys' thoughts are on uh, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, and you know, just this whole class is going to be pretty interesting. It is. Um, you got Panay that's coming out of Oregon. Mm-hmm. They're talking about that he might be the next Orlando Pace and Jonathan Ogden. Um, Devontae Smith kind of goes in there and mixes it up now with, you know, if the Eagles don't, if, if he goes out and the Eagles don't at least draft him, if they don't draft, if he goes first and Patrick Sertain is still out there, if the Eagles do not choose one of Dude. them two in the first round, and I know we'll get to that. Yeah, we're um,
1: we're going to get to that Eagles. Point um, there,
0: actually we'll get to that right now because <laughs> we about to head over to our NFL segment. Okay. Um, with everything that's happened, Doug Peterson's firing. Yep to Howie Roseman, to the Lurie family. Like, what is going on, man?
1: Man, the Eagles are turning into a major dumpster fire. Let's just put it that way, okay? And a lot of this really started, well, it goes back to Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman being best friends. Uh, Howie did a fantastic job with the numbers and managing the cap, and, and he was fine there. But when they brought in Chip Kelly, and they gave Chip Kelly the GM position. Chip Kelly wanted more power. They gave it to him. Of course, they thought Chip Kelly was going to reinvent the pro game. Uh, Howie was pushed back in a broom closet somewhere and did his numbers, you know, in the yep. under dim light and everything. And it, they saw that fail, epically fail. And I think between Howie and Jeff Lurie, they're like, we're never going to do that again. We're not giving that power to a coach again. Okay. When you look at it now, Doug unfortunately became the yes man man for these two guys. And what do I mean by that? Well, he was with them for five years. Doug got him a Super Bowl in 2017. And what did he want? What did he earn? He wanted the ability to pick his own staff. I mean, when they let go some of his staff last year, Doug had a press conference at the end of the season. He was asked, are, are these coaches coming back? You know, because you, you struggled here, here, and here. Are they coming back? And he goes, yes, they're coming back. Right. And a day or two later, they got fired. <coughs> Doug didn't fire them. That came from up top. Okay? He wants input on the draft. Um, the coaches are in the room, but apparently from sources and reports, it's Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie that are making the picks. I mean, now Joe Douglas was there for a while, and and he was input on the, on the picks, but your coach doesn't have input? Come on. And then I found the most interesting one this week I heard from a very credible source in Philly. The game day roster was set this year by Howie Roseman. Doug didn't have input on who his starters were, Now, how do you take a coach and not give him the ability to pick his own staff, have input on the draft, not pick his own starters per se? I mean, Doug wanted Jalen Hurts in earlier this year. Yep. Roseman and Lurie did not. They they saw that contract that they're going to be paying out to Wentz. They wanted Wentz. So it was an internal struggle. Wentz didn't like what Doug was doing because he knew Doug wanted Jalen Hurts. So there was a riff there. Um, That's going to have a big input on who the next coach is because Howie and Doug want Carson. What what coach in the right mind is going to come to Philadelphia knowing that we're going to pick your coaches for you. Um, We're going to pick the draft picks for you. And we're gonna tell you who your starters are every game day. Who would want in their right That's mind? That's not really coaching.
0: Yeah, and and I mean to your point, and Doug Peterson, even me watching the interviews with him. I mean, he he wanted he wanted Jalen way earlier oh, yeah. than in the season. You know when they really did have a chance to start making the playoffs as well. Now, do you think the decision to put sudfeld in (laughs) was just kind of a kick in the face to the front office as well
1: it could it could be you know two to three weeks before that didn't really work out for him i know know, i know two to three weeks before that game doug was uh he has a weekly interview on one of the philly radio stations and um he he started changing kind of the way he talked he he was a little bit different. He wasn't the open and honest guy, and he was saying, yes, I want a chance to fix Carson Wentz. Yes, I want to have input on those draft picks. So that's when the light started going on to all these things that he wasn't being allowed to do. Mm-hmm. And I think he got to the point where, yeah, okay. Now, granted, the Eagles did put on their website that Sudfeld was going to play in that game. They never said when he was coming in, how much of the game he was going to take uh, take over. You know, nothing was said formally. It was a horrible time to make the switch. If you would have put him in at halftime, it would not have been questioned. But they waited till later in the game when the game was still winnable. So then, of course, the talk is, okay, well, Doug's tanking. They, they want to get a higher draft pick, so they're tanking the game. It wasn't on Jalen's performance. I mean, Carson Wentz didn't even suit up that game. Right. I mean, why was that? Did they want him not to get hurt? Or was it to the point where him and Doug just didn't get along anymore and didn't want to have anything to do with each other? I mean, I think Doug got a a bad deal here. Um, I'm glad he's not there for his sake. But like I said, what coach in the right mind is going to want to come to Philly? Now, Deuce Staley's been on the staff for quite a long
0: time. And he's the best option.
1: And he may be the best option because of the setup. I mean, he may be the best option overall as well because he knows the system. No knock on Deuce whatsoever. At least I know they'll run the football. They won't give it to Miles Sanders and tell him run three times and then we don't give you the ball for two more quarters and then you run again. He will have a running game. So, but to understand how Lurie works, how Roseman works, Deuce might be their only option.
0: And I don't disagree with that. I mean, if you guys Google his resume. Yep. I mean, he's worked his way up. Yes, he has to being the head coach. Yep,
1: yep. So it's 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 going to be interesting. Uh, the Eagles are behind on interviewing coaches. They didn't they didn't get rid of Doug when all the other coaches were gone after the end of the season. They waited, so they're behind on the coaching search. Um, Lurie is an offensive minded owner, so. I, I was glad to see some defensive coaches being interviewed because, personally, I'd rather have a, a defensive coach. But I don't think Lurie and Roseman are going to go that route. And then also, I mean, looks like their offensive line coach is going to be gone. Their linebacker coach was on, gone. They didn't have an offensive coordinator because Doug did all that. They The defensive coordinator has gone. Um, as soon as I saw the linebacker coach was going on Twitter, man, I'm like, sending out a tweet to Seth Joyner. I'm like, now's the time, man. You got to come in here and be exactly. the linebacker coach, you know?
0: Well, it's it's a lot to take in as an Eagles fan. It is. We all know that. And it's hard being an Eagles fan. I mean, look at the Jaguars. <laughs> well, take it away, man. I, I know what the Jaguars – And Randy can attest to this, and I feel like I'm going to have a cough of it again. But you get rid of pretty much everybody that's helped us out. Yep. That defense was considered to be the number one defense for like two or three years.
1: That was a great defense.
0: Calais Campbell. Yannick Ngakwe, who are both on the Ravens, though. A.J. Boye on the Broncos. Jalen Ramsey (laughs) on the Rams. Yeah. Ronnie Harrison on the Browns. So let's think about it: yeah, Clay's Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe, playoffs. Ronnie Harrison, playoffs with the Browns. Um, AJ Boye, of course he's sitting at home. Right. Jalen Rams- Ramsey in the playoffs.
1: Yep, playoffs.
0: And uh, last but not least, Leonard Fournette, playoffs. <laughs> playoffs, yeah. yes. It's uh, not a coincidence, man. Um, to, to be completely honest and I mean Randy knows this like it it's about as hard as being an Eagles fan and we understand their pain yep. especially in in the immediate circumstance that they're in um and we felt this for years I mean Randy I don't know when the last time that we can go and say that we really felt like that we had a true team that we can build upon maybe after Fred Taylor left all those guys, Mark Brunell, And then we kind of had a resurgence when David yep. Garrard was there. Yep. I never really felt good with Byron Leftwich being there in the first place. I was never a Byron Leftwich fan. But then, had another resurgence. Yep. Blake Bortles was playing well when we had Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns. Mm-hmm. And then, what did we do the next year? Just gave him away to somebody yep. else. Yep. So. We kinda have a history of just giving people away, not balancing our, our checkbooks <laughs> to keep these players or not treating them good at first, just being a um being a good you know, being a good team overall. So I I totally understand how Eagles fans feel, man. It, but, you kinda but just want to give up.
1: I understand, but now now with your new head coach, is there a light at the end of the tunnel?
0: Or is it going to be a long tunnel? <laughs> that, that's that's an interesting question because I don't know how a lot of fans feel about it, but for Urban Meyer, uh, first of all, Urban Meyer's health issues are always going to be a concern. But he's not managing kids anymore. He's managing grown men that have True. mortgages True. and houses to pay for and all, all things like that. So this might be a little different. Plus, he'll have a lot of help. He's getting charlie strong is there now he'll get his, he'll get as much help as he needs yes so charlie strong is there i know they just made that hire don't really know if he's just going to be a player personnel kind of guy or whatever but uh i know he's bringing out a staff to kind of overhaul this thing right he's had success everywhere he's gone <clears throat> i can't really i can't really fault the jaguars for making this hire um I think we just need a little a little spark of life, and bringing back the Florida guy might give the Jaguars that. Do I think it's the answer right now? Let's see how he drafts. So, right. Let us get through the draft first. But dang, I mean, you came into a perfect situation, my <laughs> man. You handed like the whole bowl of cereal, yeah, and all the milk in the world. <laughs> you know, don't got draft capital. We have so many draft picks. No. If anything is, if anything comes from this, it's the fact that we let all these players go, to get all this draft capital back, to get all this money back, to bring somebody like Urban Meyer in, to build his coaching staff. And then he maybe could, this is what we need. It builds team. I mean, if they're talking about true rebuilds for teams, this is a true rebuild. True. I think he's gonna start getting rid of some players. Hopefully don't get rid of players like Miles Jack and things like that that are veterans on your team. I I'd even say let's let's not draft another quarterback either. Let's see what Gardner Minshew has. I I heard some rumblings of this and I'm kind of a big fan. Deshaun Watson's from Florida. I know mm-hmm. he wants to go back to Miami. But dang, the dude just wants to get out of there. Yeah. Bring him, bring him over to the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> instead of drafting Trevor Lawrence, and and because uh, it's not a sure thing, right? Right. Deshaun Watson has proved this year that he doesn't need the most talented team ever to have success. This was his most successful year when it came to stats that he's ever had, and this is without without DeAndre Hopkins, and without a decent running back because our boy, you know, was out this year. You know, so with that being said, I think probably the best thing to do, you got the money, bring Deshaun Watson home, draft well, and work on that defense again. Because that, that defense is – our secondary is the worst in the league. It it has to be. I know they were talking about the Seahawks for a little bit, but they came <laughs> around towards the end of the, end of yeah, the season. Yeah, they did. They pick, picked it up in the second half. But we don't have anybody <laughs> like uh, – your boy, that's that's back there, the safety. What's his name? Um, I came over from the Jets. Why am I drawing a blank? Uh, Adams, Jamal Adams. We don't have anybody like that anymore. So, um, uh, what's his name? Wingert, though, he came number forty-two. Hmm. White boy with the long hair. <laughs> he came out of nowhere and had a resurgence towards the end of the season. He was looking pretty good too. Um, so. I know we can, we can rant about the Jaguars and the Eagles all day. The similarities right now to what both teams have, I don't think that the Jaguars is as bad as a front office as what the Eagles are dealing with right now right? because they're trying to run that team and do everything. What the Jaguars are doing is cleaning the cleaning house and then seeing how things are going to be. So, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm totally... I'm totally at a loss of words for what the Eagles are doing. I mean, <laughs> and I don't think Doug Peterson's lying. Like,
1: <laughs> well, no. I mean, I don't think he is either. And it was interesting because when you look at the, the draft picks, the Eagles missed on because of Howie and, and Lurie. They missed on – the obvious, you know, DK Metcalf, they missed on Justin Jefferson.
0: JJ Arcega White. Side. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We'll take our Arcega our White side over. CD Lamb. I mean, come on. But, I mean, look but, what
0: CD Lamb did with no quarterback this year. True.
1: Now, when I saw that tweet today that the Seahawks wanted to interview Doug for their offensive coordinator, I'm like, oh
0: my God, he'll finally get to have DK Metcalf on his team. <laughs> and he's a quarterback whisperer, too. Yeah. Yeah, Russell Wilson's already good, but he's about to tighten the screws. Oh, hey, you know,
1: I forgot one quote in Jeff Lurie's uh, press conference. They were talking about his inner circle, the people in his room and the people there. And he goes, I got about five people in here that are, pro-, you know, he's talking about his GMs that have uh, people have left and become GMs elsewhere. He said that he's got at least five more in his circle that'll probably future GMs in the NFL. So they went from being a quarterback factory to a GM factory.
0: Dang. Give me a break. Well, I know we went from one Doug, <laughs> and I can't I can't wrap my segment up about the Jaguars without going to the other Dougie. Dougie Maroons. Yeah. Why did y'all fire him? I don't I, I mean, I get the Urban Meyer hiring. I'm 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 okay yeah. that they put the band aid over the situation. Right. But you expect this man, and I know I said this on, on Facebook, Doug Moreau was in a forest fire with no extinguisher, man. Yep. And just watching the pieces around him just, just crumble. I don't think he was a bad coach. I mean, I know I'm wearing a Syracuse stuff right now for my wife, but that's where he came from with Syracuse. Yeah. So Actually, my wife knew Doug Marone. He,
1: he won about 40% of his games, and he had a winning record in the postseason.
0: <laughs> it is what it is man and and when you give him a team like that 40 percent not horrible yeah so i mean we could talk about that all day but you know it is what it is now let's get over to probably the most exciting segment of this potential okay. landing spots for a couple players Ooh. here matt stafford mm. he's first on the list where uh, do you think he goes
1: wow One of them, I think, might be kind of obvious. I think a lot of people are thinking along the same lines. I see him as a possible New England Patriot. Another possibility, and that just depends, I don't know for sure, are the Saints, if Drew Brees retires, are they married to Taysom Hill or does Matt Stafford go to the Saints?
0: That is interesting. That was way beyond my realm of what I <laughs> thought was going to happen when when we were going to talk about this. Okay. Now, it's interesting because they do have, and somebody that Sean Payton really likes Yeah, is our Florida State guy. Yeah, Jameis Winston. Yeah. He got his eyeballs fixed. Yeah. <laughs> He's learning under a really good coach and yep. uh, the first ballot Hall of Famer. Right top three quarterback of all time sure so that's that's very interesting so do you think you think matt stafford comes in and puts the band-aid on the situation until he retires yeah yeah and james wants goes go somewhere else
1: I, I i definitely think it's more of a band-aid i mean a competitive band-aid okay
0: i i think he keeps them competitive but i don't think anybody wins their division again if he goes down there <laughs> I, I I like Matt Stafford, man. And I know most of us do. Me, you, and Nelson, we all feel the same way that this dude is underrated for yeah. the things that he's done. I'll take Calvin Johnson out of the equation. Whatever. Calvin Johnson, all-worldly talent. I still think he's massively overrated. That's just my opinion. Um, I think Matt Stafford goes to the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. it's definite possibility. A lot of people will say, well, that's the easy choice for any good quarterback. But there's a reason why, man. He has a lot of Tom Brady qualities. He, he uses the weapons
1: that he has, okay? He, he ended up getting a tight end a couple years ago, Hawkinson. Man, he uses him. He knows how to use players. And he'll utilize the different receivers. He, he did spread the ball around. He didn't have, like, one guy he threw to. How I mean,
0: many close to 200-yard games or two or three touchdown games has Marvin Jones had? Exactly. It's it's not a mistake on why Matt Stafford is as good as he is and why people are raving about him. Um, the people that do know. The, right. the, the people that do watch with their own eyeballs and see what he's doing. Right. I mean, Bill Belichick's going to get a gift. And Matt Stafford that says, I was able to learn. I mean, how many different coaches did oh, Matt yes. Stafford oh, have over God. the year? I, don't, I can learn any offense. I can read any defense. I can play on a crappy team. But I've never played on a good team. So, playing on a good team is going to come even easier. Now, Patriots running backs have never been, like, all oh, the greatest thing ever. But they do have some 1,000-yard 1, backs, like, yep. almost every single year. Yep. Matt Stafford's never had a great running back. He's never had a great offensive line. He's never had, as, as far as a tandem of world-beater wide receivers. Now, this really – to me, depends on where Marvin Jones and people like that go after their Lions career if they decide to get traded or let go from the team. But I th- I think his ability to to take these no-name wide receivers yep. and work with the tools that he's given and have success cannot be overlooked. I agree. And I think Bill Belichick's going to look at that and say, let's bring him over here. And I, I'm just putting this out there. I'm not... There, and there's another guy that I feel the same way about that we're possibly going to see in the AFC <laughs> divisional or championship game next year if these two pan out. Matt Stafford goes to the Patriots. These dudes are going to the Super Bowl. I'm letting you all know mm-hmm. right now. Okay. If if they sign him in the offseason, it's over. <laughs> because now he's going to a competitive team, even though they don't have the best weapons, that system it works for any quarterback that is there. Look at Matt Castle when yeah. Tom Brady got hurt. Now, when the Chiefs were in, the, oh yeah, come, come, Matt Castle, and he was just okay.
1: That that system goes back even before Tom Brady to Drew Bred- Drew Bledsoe. I mean, oh yeah, you know, shout out to it, Drew Bledsoe.
0: Yeah. Um. Next pick on here. Okay. Cam Newton. <laughs> All right.
1: Uh, you know, I think I think what you've said about Cam Newton has finally seeped into my brain because I, I do think Pittsburgh is a possible landing spot for him if if Roethlisberger is done. But with the new situation coming up with Sean Watson maybe possibly leaving, Houston, I think, could be a landing spot.
0: Hmm. Well, things are changing in Houston. So, yeah. I mean, I don't – that's kind of like a wild card. Right. Like you throw it in. Oh, up, yeah. Because like, yeah. they, they actually need somebody. I think with all the quarterbacks that are coming out, I think Houston just drafts a new quarterback and just rethinks the whole thing because I think they're going to get rid of J.J. Watt in the offseason too, hmm. free up some cap room. Um, I'm, I'm staying with my pick that I thought was this year. Man, I think it makes way too much sense is Cam Newton going to Pittsburgh. And the reason for that is they're going to want to win with the weapons that they got there. They're going to want to extend Juju. We already know this is happening. Mm-hmm. Even throughout the whole controversy with the TikTok videos and all that. Chase Claypool is one dude that needs to shut up. <laughs> you just salty, bro. Like, yeah. Don't say that some team is going to get clapped because if the Browns end up winning, then you're just going to look even more dumb. Yep. Um, Juju's not Antonio Brown. But one thing that I can say is what I said last year. Cam Newton's going to be able to go to a team that's going to let him be himself. Mike Tomlin is going to let Cam Newton be Cam Newton. If he goes there, this is the other team that I say (laughs) is going to be in the AFC championship game. It's going to be them and the Patriots. I can almost guarantee it. I can just see the light, Don. I can see the light. (laughs) Because... That Steelers team is way too talented as well. Yeah. And is, then having a quarterback that's going to – I mean, Juju's going to have a TikTok partner to do these dances. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I just – I think the, the factor of Mike Tomlin being a player coach and then that working to to his advantage with somebody like Cam is going to be good. But do you think Ben
1: is, is done? Ben's done. Yeah. I mean, he caught wentz Atis there in the playoffs and he's – Look like Carson Wentz and picks, and you know
0: I, I, I would be done with him. You know what's going to break donate. his heart. is when he doesn't win that comeback player of the year because Alex <laughs> Smith is going to get it. <laughs> You're right there. I mean, it is what it is. They need, yeah. and everybody's claiming that they need to name that award after Alex Smith. But it is what it is, man. Yeah. Ben, just go ahead and uh, bring it on home, bro. <laughs> it's your time is up. Yeah, I don't. And the Steelers have never been the type of team. Unless, well, let's think about the Charlie Batch days, right? Unless you got somebody like Charlie Batch and there really wasn't anything open and free agency that specific year and a lot of good quarterbacks would come out, Eli Manning and Phillip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger, right? We're not going to see a draft like that in a very long time, unless that's this year, of course. Right, and we'll get to that. (laughs) But they they banked on – been in it and it worked yep. out but it you did. usually don't see you don't see the Steelers going into the draft and drafting really um a quarterback really high right. so i don't think that's going to happen this year they're just going to bank what, whatever's in free agency um so those are the two potential landing spots that are the four potential landing spots that we think are going to happen with okay. these players but that leads me over to two quarterbacks <laughs> i've been waiting for this one that leads me over to two quarterbacks that uh some people see very high, highly, and other people see um, that just have a, a lot of potential that are just in the wrong situation. Daniel Jones versus Sam Darnold. <laughs> um, as you remember the prediction. <laughs>
1: yes, Dante. When we were going for two podcasts, man. Yes,
0: I'm. I I'm telling you, my ratio of quarterbacks is pretty good. I mean, who would you pick, Don? Out of Sam Darnold and and Daniel Jones, who who are you going with?
1: You know, I I was looking at the stats, what else? Um they're very comparable. Um uh, the stats aren't far off for completion percentage, uh, quarterback rating, touchdowns to interception. It it it's almost a scary comparison. They're they're about the same. Um uh, both teams have potential with what they got to to be a better team but i think if if i were to take both quarterbacks put them on a successful team i think sam darnold flourishes better than daniel
0: jones i don't see it i mean they've tried to bring in some weapons for sam darnold to have success I can't necessarily say that about the Giants. So I'm, I'm going to have to disagree with you there. But the talent that Daniel Jones has had on the Giants with Sterling Shepard always gets hurt. Evan Ingram always gets hurt. Um, I forget the other dude that they have there that he's always been pretty decent. But the, I'm going to have to take Daniel Jones. Just yeah. from looking at the stats, he is he edges Sam out in the efficiency category, he doesn't turn the ball over as much, but he does fumble a lot. <laughs> you know, as far as fumble, yeah. he, he can't get hit. But somebody said that Sam Darnold was more mobile than Daniel Jones was. Ooh, I don't I was know about like, that. What? I was like, "There's no way." I won't agree with that. Yeah, but. Daniel Jones has got some wheels on him when he wants yeah. to. It's just if he could stay upright, stay upright, upright the whole time, up. yes. Um, (laughs) This is the reason why I'm picking Daniel Jones out out of Sam Darnold. I've seen way too many times where Sam Darnold has thrown into triple coverage and I just can't over the, I I, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I don't really see Daniel Jones doing that as much when he turns the ball over. Like I said, it's when he's getting hit or just his wide receiver just decides to go up on the route. I still think he's more accurate but I can't excuse the fact, and I don't think you can ever change that habit about Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold was also going into a situation where you got people like Colin Cowherd were t- talking this dude up to be the next best thing since sliced yeah. bread. No, I, I never this, I never
1: believed that either.
0: No. no what no. USC quarterback has done? Well, let's exactly. go down the line. Exactly. Carson Palmer is a Hall of Famer. Matt Liner was probably the best quarterback ever in college, didn't do anything. Um, who else? um matt barkley yeah nothing sam darnold okay um mark sanchez (laughs) i mean he had like a first first three or four years were pretty good for mark sanchez i mean they went to the AFC championship twice right but uh yeah i i mean john david booty (laughs) (laughs) where where's where was he at
1: yeah, yeah, I wouldn't expect a lot out of, uh, of Sam Darnold based on all that, but um, I think he's to the point where he doesn't have a lot of weapons and he's trying to do too much. Mm-hmm. But he's doing the wrong thing trying to do too much. That's why I say if you take him out of that situation, give him talent, give him protection, same thing with Jones, I th- I think Darnold edges him out. But I'm I'm not high on him, you know. And and I there are things I like better about Daniel Jones, but yeah, I think you would edge him out a little bit.
0: Think so? Okay. Yeah. Well, I I mean I'm just gonna have to stick to Daniel, man. Now, we want to talk about this division around a little bit. Okay. Uh, we not necessarily, um, and we'll get into the picks here. Um. But first of all, the one of the most interesting matchups of this whole weekend oh, yeah. is going to be Jalen Ramsey versus Devontae Adams. Yep. Devontae Adams, I've been saying this for a couple years, too. I think he's one of the most underrated wide receivers. Next with Adam Thielen. And by the way, Adam Thielen almost had 100 yard or 1,000 yards this season with 14 touchdowns, and nobody's talking about that. This is true. They're not. That dude is still a, a high-level yep. player. Justin Jefferson is great, but... I think he had seven touchdowns or something like that. Adam Thielen had 14. <laughs> um, Devontae Adams is one of those shifty guys, runs routes really well. Is pretty, he's not, like, the fastest, but he has good breakaway game speed. He's got excellent hands. And like I said, his route tree ability is probably the best in the National Football League. I think him and probably your boyfriend, the Chargers, are – probably the two best route runners in the NFL. But Jalen Ramsey is a very physical cornerback, and this mm-hmm. is why DK Metcalf, if yep. he does not get over the hump with at least trying to expose um, Jalen Ramsey, then it is what it is. But I think, for the most part, Devontae Adams, this might be the first time that Jalen Ramsey gets like pretty exposed.
1: If Yeah, if I had to put numbers to it, as a percentage of the times that they interact, I'd say 65-35 that um, Adams would win. But that's based on his own ability, but also based on the quarterback that he has. Because hmm. I, I don't think everybody could get the ball to him the way Aaron Rodgers does.
0: Okay. I, I can agree with that. Okay. Um and, and you know that relationship with him and 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 Aaron Rodgers is something special. It is. I mean cuz it it's almost really weird how fluid it is. It's it's mm-hmm. almost like he knows DeVonte's going to be in the yep. place before he even gets there, which anticipation every quarterback has that blazy blazy blah. blah, blah, blah. But the way that their relationship is, by the ball coming out the hand to being in Devontae's, um into Devontae's hands is is something special. Um I, I honestly think Devontae Adams should be taught about being one of the league MVPs too. Just by I mean, he was exposing people. But we haven't really seen Jalen Ramsey other than go against DeAndre Hopkins, um, you know, throughout the years. Yeah have semi-success sometimes. It's almost like a flip of a coin who's going to get the, the right, better. Right. But going up there in that cold, man. That's it. Going against, I mean, this is another guy from, from the South that's played in the South, Jacksonville. I mean, you yep. get you went right over to the Rams in California, so you're always playing in nice weather. And uh, Aaron Rodgers in cold weather is, is not a guy that you want to go against. So I got to give Demonte the, the edge yeah, on this Yeah, I one. agree with you. Um. All right, so now for the divisional pick man. Which is the first game that we want to talk about here?
1: You want, to, you want to, since we were talking Packers, you want to go Packers-Rams? Yeah, let's go
0: Packers-Rams.
1: All right, well, the line opened at seven, and it stayed at seven. So, they have the Packers as a seven-point favorite. Um, I'll tell you what I got, and you can tell me who you got, mm-hmm. and we can... Feed in Nelson's picks too, right?
0: Yep, we're gonna feed in Nelson's picks. All right.
1: So. Um a lot of people are saying this is really going to be a close game because of the Rams defense. And I, I do think the Rams defense is tough. I do think they're going to play well. Uh the quarterback they wanted to start is still injured, not starting. You got Jared Goff starting, busted up thumb. I don't think it's going to be as close as everybody says. I got
0: the pack winning thirty to seventeen. I would have to agree with that. I don't think this game is going to be necessarily that close. Um, and I think that th- that matchup we're going to be watching all day with Devonte Adams and Jalen Ramsey is going to be one that, once Aaron Rodgers exposes that, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think it's just going to be pick them all the way down the field all, all day long. And
1: I think Green Bay's defense has gotten better against the run as the season's come along. So, I mean, Akers might have a decent game, but he's he's going to be the majority of their offense. I would
0: not put it on Jared Goff. Yep. And, you know, I I'm not a big fan of Jared Goff. And Jared <laughs> Goff doesn't really show up in big games. And when, I mean, being in that cold with that thumb surgery too. Right. That's good. That's got to play a factor. Um, Nelson has got the L.A. Rams come short to the Packers twenty three twenty four. So he's Ooh, got it he's as got a a one close, point.
1: He's got the close game. Okay. A lot of people were picking that very close.
0: Yeah, but collectively we got the the Packers winning that. So we'll, we'll head over to Nelson's team, the Baltimore Ravens versus the the Buffalo Bills. Okay. Um,
1: the line opened at two and a half. Uh, Bills were two and a half favorite. It's dropped to two. So money's starting to go the other way.
0: I'll take the two. Go ahead. I got the Bills winning, man. Okay, close game. Close game. That's all I'm taking it to.
1: All right. Uh, I I see a close game too. I think this is going to be one of the best games to watch. Mm -hmm. And I don't know whether it comes down to a late Justin Tucker field goal or what, but I got the Ravens pulling this out twenty-seven twenty-four. Um. Well, that was your Super Bowl pick. Yes. Yes. I mean, of course, you're going to (laughs) pick that.
0: Um. Anyways, we got Nelson's picking the Bills. Yeah. Big surprise there. <laughs> that's why I had to huff because that's his team. That's his team. I don't blame yeah, him. Yeah, but he's got a close game, 2013. So yeah. he's almost at the spread. B-
1: bills are at a good point right now. And, you know, they should be favored to win this game, but we'll see. It's going to be a good game to watch.
0: Yeah. So Kansas City, um, and Cleveland so I'll start with Nelson's pick here because okay. uh he says that Kansas City is gonna blow out Cleveland Browns 42 to 24 now I'm gonna go ahead and disagree with that and say that this is gonna be my upset <laughs> oh I don't think Baker Mayfield is gonna let anything happen to the Cleveland Browns not being anywhere less than a Super Bowl this year Wow so is what it is well, Catherine will be happy with that oh yeah <laughs> I know a bunch of uh, Browns fans
1: Um, I think this is going to be, I I didn't check the over on this, but it opened at nine and a half chiefs, nine and a half point favorites. And it went up to 10. Um, I don't think the chiefs cover the 10. I do think they win the game. They may win it on a late touchdown, but I got them 37, 31.
0: I believe this is going to be a shootout though. I believe it's going to be like something in the thirties or the forties in a close game. Yep. But I got the Browns. Squeaking it out. There you go. And then my Super Bowl, not – they weren't my Super Bowl f- winner. Right. But they were in the Super Bowl. So I'm going to have to go with Tampa Bay versus uh New, or- New Orleans. Okay. And I don't even think this is going to be a close game. Oh. I believe it's going to be like 24-3.
1: Now, you realize the Saints beat the Buccaneers twice this
0: year. I don't care. Okay. I'm just making sure, man. <laughs> the Buccaneers got better towards the end of the season. Yes, they did. And the Saints – Antonio Brown is now clicking with Tom Brady. And the Saints defense got much better – Towards the end of the season. Depends on what, if Leonard Fournette can actually catch a pass out of the backfield and do something with it. Because Ronald Jones is way better than him at that. But we'll see.
1: Well, I I do see a close game. And uh, I do see the Saints coming together for Breeze and uh, taking a 31-27 win. Who's Nelson having that one? So
0: Nelson actually has New Orleans. Okay. Twenty four to twenty. Yeah, close game. So you guys got the sweep. Okay. I necessarily think it's hard.
1: It's hard to beat a team three times in a year. I will say that. Statistically, it's probably not gonna happen if you base it on that fact alone. Yeah? Yeah.
0: Hmm. Well, that's our pickums for the divisional round. Um, before we get to the nothing but the facts segment. Oh, yeah. I'm nothing, <laughs> nothing but the stats. Nothing but the stats, not the facts. Nothing but the stats is coming up next, but uh, I did want to head over to – somebody did ask a question on Facebook. Rosanna, yes. Charlie, Ashley, Bella. All right. Love the name. <laughs> I have a question about what you think about the Dallas Cowboys should do with the 10th overall pick in a draft. Um, seeing we need a quarterback in all defense positions.
1: So, let, let's start with that question, quarterback. Do you think Dak is going to be the quarterback for them when he comes back?
0: Yes, I do too. I believe he gets paid too. Yeah, I think so too. Um I don't believe he gets paid like in the off season. I believe he gets paid It's going to be one of them contracts that happen towards the beginning of the season. Okay. Like week 1 or week 2. Um most definitely. Um
1: And and the, the other part of the question was about the
0: defense, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. What should they do with the 10th overall pick? You know, Not the quarterback or all that's on defense? That's the
1: strangest team when it comes to defense because, man, their defensive line is killer. But they just couldn't put anything
0: together this year. No, their their secondary sucks. It, yeah. It's like so, the Eagles. Yeah, it's that's probably the biggest concern. I'd say if Patrick Sertain is out there for anybody that needs yep. a secondary position, yep. he's the best. I've
1: seen a couple mock drafts, and I see the Cowboys with him. So,
0: Oh, they they do yep. have him with them. I haven't looked at yep. any mock drafts. I don't really like to look at them until after the combine anyways. Yep. Because um, people change their minds all the time on what, on what they need. Right. Plus, and then after free agency as well. sure. sure. Free agency, I mean, if the Cowboys go and snatch up I don't know somebody like Xavier Howard, who is going to get an extension with the Dolphins. Dolphins, but, right? But if he became a free agent or something, then you know it is what it is, right? Um. So let's go ahead and head over to the special segment that we got. Looking at the frozen camera, though. Oh. Reconnect it, bam! Yeah, we definitely
1: want to reconnect that.
0: Yeah. There you go. All right. Let me let me, let me move you down a little bit. Okay. Soon. Bam. There we All go. All right. <laughs>
1: All right, nothing, nothing but, but the, the stat. stats. I got three for you, and these are not ones that I've sent to put up on Facebook, even though we've had some really good stats up there. So usually
0: Don's the one, and whenever you guys see the stats, I usually get them from him. So now,
1: now, one of them has to do with something you did post, and that's the first one, okay. and, and I will steal a little bit of that one. Uh, we're going to title the first one, the first stat, the History Channel Matchup. <laughs> and that's tom brady drew breeze they go head to head they are number one and number two in terms of yards and touchdowns in nfl history and this will be the first playoff game since at least 1950 between a number one and a number two in career passing touchdowns. that is crazy i like that stat i do too the History Channel matchup. The
0: History Channel matchup. <laughs> the two I wonder who the other two were. It had to be like Bart Starr or something. It had, if we're talking the maybe, leather helmets. Since at least 50, it had to go yeah, back a ways. Had the leather helmet guys.
1: All right, the second stat. We'll call this one Head of the Class. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield. They were all first-round picks in 2018. It's the second time three first-round picks start in a divisional playoff round. Dang. The other time that happened, in 2008, when the class of 2004 picks of Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, and Ben Roethlisberger started. Jeez. Love that. Love that. Can you imagine? Three out of the same class. In a divisional round. Mm. All right, and the third one. We're going to call this my kryptonite alert. Okay. And one of my fantasy players I had this year is is on that kryptonite alert, and that's Russell Wilson.
0: One of our favorite quarterbacks.
1: Yes. 14 games this year against other teams not named the Rams. Russell had a 109.4 passer rating, was only sacked two and a half times a game, threw for about 267 yards, and a touchdown to interception ratio of three to one. But when he played the Rams, when the Rams brought out that kryptonite. This hurts me. His passer rating dropped to seventy three point six. He was sacked five and a half times a game. Only threw for two hundred and fifteen yards. One touchdown on average, one interception on average. The Rams defense is Russell Wilson's kryptonite. That hurts
0: my heart. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Oh, hurt my hurt my fantasy stuff.
0: <laughs> I just want him to get over to Hump, man. Yeah, I, just want I do them to too. Get over to Hump, but when uh, Jalen Ramsey and those boys are there the whole time, you know it's about to happen. So it is what it is. Yep. So that kind of wraps up our show this All week, right. guys. We're hitting right there at an hour and five minutes. You know how we like to do, give it short and That's sweet, get you in and out. Um, come check us out on Thursday when Nelson comes back. Uh, we'll get some topics together, and this is where this is the part of the season where it starts slowing down for us. So, um, all we got is the the playoff games, yep, and then we head right over to the off season. So, uh, this is everybody's favorite couch. Oh my God, couch quarterback! That's him, Dante.
1: <laughs> Needs a little practice with that, but he's got it.
0: Yeah, man, it's the, it's the sickness. Okay, down gotcha. with the sickness. Gotcha. You know, um, but yeah, this is everybody's favorite couch quarterback, Dante, here with the stats guru. Uh, Thanks for checking out the East Coast Gridiron podcast this week. Check us out on Spotify, iTunes, uh, YouTube for all your favorite clips. And, of course, um, if you're watching us here on Facebook, East Coast Gridiron podcast, Facebook slash East Coast Gridiron podcast. ECG, find us. Yes, (laughs) sir. Randy said, great show, Trevor Lawrence. (laughs) (laughs) I know you just had to throw that in there. (laughs) Uh, All right, guys. All right, guys. We'll see you later.
1: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the East Coast Gridiron Podcast. Find us on all your favorite music and podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For all the latest news and updates, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by going to eastcoastgridiron.com.